Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United and football. I'm your host Matthew and today we're talking about Manchester United's 5-0 defeat at home to Liverpool. Uh, a disastrous event at Old Trafford. Uh, I'm going to be doing things a bit differently today. Um, I'm going to leave the player ratings. I'm not picking a man of the match. I'm just going to chat about the game for a bit. Then take a break. Do the housekeeping like we normally do. And then I'm just going to keep chatting after that. I'll find a point where I want to pause. And then just go from there. Because I'm not doing player ratings today. Because everybody would pretty much get a zero. Um, and there, 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 there was no man of the match today. I mean, the man of the match was Mohamed Salah, really. But obviously, when I do man of the matches, it's supposed to be who was Manchester United's best player, not the opposition's. But the actual, the actual man of the match is Salah, of course. But there was no man of the match for Manchester United today. Um, disaster, absolute disaster. It's funny. I, I I was thinking. I mean, it is kind of funny because you have to laugh, otherwise you'll cry, right? That's the that's the phrase, I believe. Um, I do want to mention something positive, not about this game, but about Manchester United. I want to mention it in a minute, so I'm just going to pin that for a second. It's funny how on Wednesday night when we beat Atalanta, you know, come back three two, everything's happy at Old Trafford, Viva Ronaldo, all this kind of stuff, and it was understandable. It was a good comeback. We came back in the second half and we won the game three two. And even then, I said, and that was what two three days ago, about three days ago. And I remember saying at the time, we don't want to end up what we were doing last season in January, which is when we get to January. We start grinding out results, we're top of the league, and then we stop the ability to do that. There was always going to be some point this season when a team finds us out, and when we get absolutely just played off the park, stuffed, whatever word you want to put in terms of a phrase. And I didn't quite think this would happen right now like three days after I said that we all knew that result was kind of coming we didn't really know who it would be against we looked we all looked at this list of fixtures Manchester City Chelsea Tottenham's coming up Liverpool Atalanta you know some big tough games in there I didn't think this would quite happen the next game I thought we would probably lose to Liverpool today and that's not me being negative it's just me being realistic you look at the form you look at the form that Salah's been in and you look at how we've played recently. And as soon as I saw that team sheet come out today. And I saw that four player combination. Of Lindelof, Maguire, McTominay and Fred. And then I remembered. Even though Salah is 29. I think he's 29 years old. He's going to run past those four players. Or at least some portion of them. And that's exactly what happened today. Uh, it was a disgusting performance. Um, I think the players just lost their heads by the end of the game. Pogba got sent off, of course. I will still do the summary in a minute. Um, it. I, I mean, the manager needs to be sacked like now, like right now. Um, that's nothing new for me to have said because I've been fully ollie out since the Wolves game, the one-one draw with Wolves. But it's it's just time. It's just time to move on. 
Um, it really, really is. Uh, I really hope that because we've got because it's Sunday night now, of course. Uh, late after because I think I think it's a half five kickoff on Saturday against Tottenham. We can't afford to go into this game in the same in in that game in the same situation. Now we haven't got a midweek game because we got knocked out of the Carabao Cup. There's one the the positive thing I talked about a minute ago. This has nothing to do with the game itself, really. The one thing that leaves me with some positive positivity, and this is more of a long term thing. If a new manager, I'm, I'm going to say when a new manager comes in, not if. When a new manager comes in eventually, right, and whether it's going to be Ten Hag or Zidane or Conte or whoever you want to put into that area. That manager can come in and he might do, he'll hopefully do things differently to Oli. But he won't have a squad that needs to be rebuilt. When... Um, the likes of David Moyes took over and he had an ageing Premier League winning team in 2013. There was a lot of rebuilding that needed to be done. A lot of it kind of happened through Van Hal because Moyes didn't last the season. A lot of it happened through Van Hal in, in, the, in the wrong ways but a rebuild happened but in, in the wrong ways. We let some wrong players go. Then Mourinho came in we needed a rebuild after Mourinho was sacked because of the toxicity that he'd left, the way the club was feeling, the way the players were feeling, especially people like Pogba and Luke Shaw. Oli came in and he, he did successfully rebuild that team. Every signing he's made, with sometimes the exception of Maguire, uh, have have done well. Say what you want about Dan James. Um, but, you know, Bruno, Varane, Ronaldo, Sancho, Tellez, Van der Beek, when, when he's actually played... Um, have been good, at least uh, at a base level, good players that he signed, right? Whether, you know, obviously he doesn't use Van der Beek enough and he doesn't really use Tellez much and put Sancho on the bench. Of course, there's problems around his management of those players and, like, we haven't got the best out of Maguire, that kind of thing, right? You can at least point at those players and say they've all been good players. Even a, even a Gallo who came in on loan did pretty well, actually. Came in, did his job, did well, and then he had to go, of, of course. Even a Gallo was, was fairly good. Uh, I, I quite liked him. Thought, thought he did his job, basically. Um, when a new manager comes in and they look at this team, you've already got a team of like somewhat superstars. Yes, there's a problem with defensive midfield and can Matic do it and that sort of thing. But a manager to come into this team to have the likes of Van der Beek, Pogba, Varane, Bruno, Ronaldo, San, uh, yeah, Sancho, Greenwood, Rashford, uh, Luke Shaw, Wambasak, you know, all these players that are pretty good. He might even make certain players that are out of form better players, or who, whoever this person's going to be. He might even end up doing that. Um... Because, yeah, I, I, I think, weirdly, as well... The players that Oli has brought in, I think he's made them worse. I think he's made Maguire a worse a player. Varane and Ronaldo, it's too, it's too early for that conversation. Var- Varane, Ronaldo and Sancho, it's too early for that conversation yet. They've only been here for like 10 games. So it's, it's, it's too early to come to that conclusion. Bruno, I think there's a small exception to that. Dan James, I think he made almost worse. Um, Gallo did his job, like I said. 
Uh, Donny, he's definitely made... Well, what do, what do we want to say about that? Made the, the situation worse there. Uh, Tellez, he's not used enough, really. Because we all do bang the drum about, you know, Donny not being used. But he doesn't really use Tellez very much, either. So it's not just Donny van der Beek. But I think the writing was just on the wall with this. Because um, I've been saying this... I think for about two years, because I've been doing, I, my first season of doing the United cast was Ollie's first game, that that 4-0 win against Chelsea, that was my first podcast for the for the United, the first po- uh, game review, anyway, and I think even back then, um, you know, this Maguire-Lindelof nonsense, Fred McTominay, that middle of the park combination I think lots of people started to look at a long time ago, probably a year ago at least, and just said like that's going to be this manager's undoing, and it has been, and it was it was again today. Um, but I just think the mentality dropped today. I think Liverpool didn't even really do a whole lot. I mean, yeah, they scored five goals, but Liverpool were kind of in cruise control in this game. They really were. Like, they didn't really get out of sort of, what, third gear. Um, And even the last... This was a long, long game. Because even the last 20 to 30 minutes, nobody was doing anything. Like, everyone was just knocking the ball about. And, like, trying to have a few little... Create a few little chances here and there. But it was 5-0 by that point, And the game was done. Uh, I did see some uh, videos and photos of fans walking out. I saw a photo of uh, Alex Ferguson today or Sir Alex Ferguson excuse me um walking out and sort of looking really deflated um I think we were all feeling that way today weren't we really but I think that we all knew that this was coming I just didn't and I, I I did as well I'm just saying that I didn't quite expect this to be like okay in three days time against Liverpool but I, I guess I should have expected it really I'm not surprised I'm not surprised at all because we all knew it was coming. I just didn't know which game it was going to happen in necessarily. Because this team can have the ability to surprise us sometimes, but it, it happened today. So, um, but we 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 knew a beating like this was coming. I mean, this could have been eight nine today, nine nil. But you you because he in that last twenty to thirty minutes, if Liverpool kept pressing forward the way that they were doing, they would have easily made it six seven eight nil. Um. Yeah, so just a, it's just a disaster. But I just have that positive thing in the back of my mind. Even even during watching this game and thinking, okay, we've got a team of really great players. There's no rebuild needed. The only rebuild that's needed, or the part of it, is to bring in a new manager and coaching staff. Because I'm certain that almost any other manager... I, I mean, it, it, even if it's just a different manager that's going to use different ideas... And use different team selections. Even that I think would push us forward. Um, Yeah. And then like I said. You could even start getting better performances out of certain players. Certain players I don't think that you can. I'm not going to sit here and name names. Because I've already named them before. I think certain players do need to go. From this team. Um... But my my actual my I think I've mentioned this before. My choice for manager would be Zidane, probably, just because of his history with uh, with Pogba, and with Varane, with Ronaldo. Um, that already and you know he's won what is he? I think he's won the uh, 
what's it called again? The Spanish League, La Liga. Pretty sure he's won that a few times. He's won the Champions League a couple of times. And and then you'd you'd start to have just somebody with a bit more of a CV, you know. Um, but it's it's gonna it's it's gonna be a bit awkward because I mean I'm gonna check right at the end of this podcast to see if there's any updated information. Um, just to, just to see if it if any news breaks about him getting sacked. I don't know if it would happen like tonight or tomorrow morning, but it's got to happen soon. It's really I. I dread to think, because you've got, like, um, Son and Kane and, like, what's his name, Lucas Mora for Tottenham. They've got a new manager as well. Uh, was it N- N- Nuno or whatever his name is, for the guy who used to be at Wolves? Uh, Tottenham aren't playing very well at the moment, but if they see what Liverpool did to us today and you've got players like Son and Kane in your team, they could do some damage to us as well. I think I think most teams, even the likes of uh, Brighton, who are doing well this season, would look at our team and think, "Yeah, we could give we could give them a go." Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, let's take a quick little break. Then we'll get into the actual summary. I'm not doing player ratings today, and it's my podcast, so I can do what I want. <laughs> um, let's uh, take a quick little break. Let you know what else we've been up to on Entertainment Talk, and then we can kind of analyze the goals or or whatever. Um. And also talk about things like Pogba's red card, Ronaldo's offside goal, substitutes, that that kind of stuff. Or just, you know, finish out the episode. So, uh, see you for all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. 
Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, I uh, did an analysing television episode, it's number 14 for that podcast. This is called the Netflix Strategy, talking about how Netflix manages their promotion of their own shows, how they go about renewals, uh, how kind of cagey they can be about numbers, so the people that have actually watched their TV shows, how they go about doing things like cancellations, and why you see so much content on Netflix as well, because it is stuffed full of content. Whether you're in the UK or the US, it is stuffed full of content. So uh, I had a bit of a fun digging into, not, not in a negative way, just in an analytical kind of way, uh, digging into what Netflix do, and th- there isn't really any other networks or streaming services that do the same type of thing that Netflix does. So I think it's a particular situation, and I want to talk about that. Uh done my uh, season review for Titans Season 3, I gave it a skip rating, and uh, that's actually a completely spoiler-free review as well. I didn't want to bother digging into spoilers and what went wrong in the season and that kind of thing, but uh, you can check that out as well if you want to. That's my Titans Season 3 review. Uh, of course, we've got the Atalanta 3-2 game, um, we're all familiar with that. Walking Dead World Beyond still continuing, Season 2 Episode 3 is the newest one. We'll be talking about Season 2 Episode 4 on Wednesday, so look out for that. Uh, also remember, there is no midweek game this week because we're not in the Carabao Cup. So uh, that's the po- that's the podcast you can expect on Wednesday. Uh, gaming talk this week, we talked about uh, FIFA and EA having a bit of a falling out over money, eFootball and the disaster of the launch that that was, uh, my further impressions of Psychonauts 2, and um, also talked about the future of video games with some different questions that we got and uh, all that kind of thing as well. I uh, did a podcast called It's Time for Diversity to Lead the Screen. Uh, lots of different examples and reasons why and all that kind of thing. Discussion around that. The topic of diversity in media and in entertainment. In, and in uh, entertainment. Uh, do we have enough diversity? Do we need more of it? I think that we do need some more of it still. Just to continue balancing those scales. There's been a good amount of work in the last two years that have balanced those scales. But uh, it could be balanced a little bit more as well. So I talked about that on that particular podcast uh walking dead podcast for fear the walking dead uh, it's a podcast wrap up after season seven episode one um so uh i've not obligated myself to podcast on the rest of the season so you can check that out as well if you'd like to i've actually not caught this week's uh is it this week's i can't remember i need to check for episode two uh, i'm not gonna podcast on it but i'm still gonna watch the series but that's for fear the walking dead of course there's the 4-2 defeat to leicester podcast um, and then there's the <clears throat> 11A finale uh, podcast for The Walking Dead. We'll be back for the B part, the second part, in February for The Walking Dead. That's up to season 11, episode 8 for that. And that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on podcast platforms. Uh, used to go into play ratings, but nope, not doing that today. Um, so, Nabby, I think that's his first name, Cater scored within four minutes. Uh, they broke us open uh, no tracking of runners from the midfield Salah passed the ball through one of the easiest goals that they've been able to score against us and that was 1-0 after 4 minutes and there was a chance just before that actually, it was in the first 2 minutes or so the ball was played through to Bruno right, and he blasted it high and wide um, could have potentially changed things a bit if we went 1-0 up there, but still the rest of our performance from the game I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yes, that's Kata made it 1-0. And it was just really easy for them to do. Then, what was the next one? They crossed it, didn't they? Uh, across the box. What have I been saying? 
about the goals that we concede. We are so unbelievably bad at defending from crosses. Whether it's from corners or from open play. There is two parts to this. Which is you either stop the cross so that the ball doesn't get into the box. Or if the if the cross gets into your box you've got to clear it. We are so unbelievably bad at doing that. It's not even funny anymore. Not that it was funny to begin with, but then Jota has an easy tap in. And you've got to just ask yourself, like, the back six that we've got, right? Wan-Bissaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw, Fred McTominay. They're all defensive players, or you being used in a defensive role. Where are they? Where, where, where are they? Who's who's doing? Who's taking responsibility? Nobody's doing anything about it. It's just un- un- unbelievably ridiculous. It, it really, really is. And... I said this to my dad after the game because we had dinner and stuff after the game and now I'm doing the podcast. And I said to him, sometimes I actually forget that Maguire, sometimes I forget who the captain is or, or I forget that there's even the role of the captain within this team. What has Maguire actually done to earn the captain's armband? I mean, De Gea had it before, didn't he? And I think Bruno's sort of the vice captain. Maguire's never really shown any leadership skills in terms of his captaincy. Because um, oftentimes, I mean, it might depend on what the camera shows you, right? But usually it's Bruno and Ronaldo shouting at somebody who's usually the defence, right? Um, but I, ne- I, I never see Maguire step up as a captain or sometimes as a player, like including this game. But just it's just a lack of responsibility in terms of like nobody's really trying that hard to mark the runners. Like nobody's being marked. That's why Liverpool were able to completely carve us open today. Is because McTominay and Fred just let I mean Cater's I thought was like a CDM or so I don't really know much about Cater. But he's just strolling through to our goal, to Man United's goal at Old Trafford. Just strolling past the defence. Wasn't even really running that fast. And Salah's just like, oh, there he is. I'll, I'll, I'll just pass the ball through to him. He scores. And then Trent's got the ball on the right-hand side. Shaw, Maguire, Lindelof. No, 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 nobody's nobody's stopping the ball. And then Trent's probably thinking, oh, Jota's over there. Knock it across. Nobody clears the ball. And Jota's probably thinking, oh, I've, I've, just, I've just tapped it in. 2-0, 13 minutes gone. Just ridiculous. Uh, and then James Milner went off injured. Uh, I think Curtis Jones is his name. He came on. Uh, then Salah scored a third goal. I can't actually remember this one. Um, was it the one that Salah poached in from close range? Because he scored three. He actually scored the next three goals. Because um, there was the goal after this, which was right before half time. I think he got. I think he got passed to the side. And then Salah tapped it in. Both goals were fairly sort of similar anyway. But again, just, just Liverpool just being allowed to have the room to completely carve us open. No marking, no players in positions properly. It's just like, you think of Manchester United, right? This should be basic things that we're coaching. Like, keep your team shape. Keep your eye on your, on whoever it is that you're marking. Don't, don't give Liverpool space, especially when they've got players like Salah. You know, you like we should have walked, we should have gone into this game looking at Salah's performance and been like, right, keep an eye on this guy. We got to really mark him quite tightly. Gets three goals. It's just you know, 
Like, no, we we just kind of let them run around and just do whatever they want. Um, Al Trafford as well. Like, it's just so it's just so bad. I tell you the funny thing, actually. They said three minutes. I think there was three minutes added on for half time, right? Um, it said forty eighth minute, and I thought I was gonna blow like for half time in any for any second now. I quickly popped to the toilet, came back, right, just to see like you know if it was properly half time and stuff. And then I see this like replay sort of camera coming up, and I'm like, what's going on? Because it didn't show the uh, score in the top left because they were showing like a replay. And then that's where I saw Salah's uh, second goal. I thought bloody hell, you know, it's supposed to be. I, I thought it was gonna blow for half time any second. I pop, I I literally leave for about thirty seconds or whatever, and then I come back and there's another goal. Um, <laughs> like like in, it couldn't even leave leave the room without them scoring. So uh, anyway, that was half time. That was one two three. Wait, one two three. That was four nil. So Liverpool didn't even do that much. Uh, like the the job was done by half time. The job was absolutely done by half time. Um, like if you're if you're Klopp, right, or the Liverpool coaching staff, I don't really know the names of their coaches. I just know Klopp as a manager. You walk in there half time. You're four 0 up at home to Manchester United in the Premier League. Don't really need to say much. Just like keep doing what you're doing. Keep looking for space because there's loads of it. Keep carving them open. Keep doing intricate passing. Maybe something like that that you'd say. Um. Just, uh, I mean, all all you would have needed to say at half time was, yeah, keep looking for the space, keep passing it into the space, keep looking for each other, make space for each other. That 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 sort of thing. Keep doing what you're doing, basically, because it's working. Because you've scored four goals. Like there isn't much you'd need to say at half time. Then Pogba came on for Greenwood uh, at half time, probably the earliest substitution Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has ever made. But then they scored again anyway. Fiftieth um, minute. So this was their... I think that was the one that Salah got played through. And he like just dipped the ball over uh, De Gea. I think that was the fifth goal, wasn't it? Um, That that was five minutes into the second half. 5-0. Job, job's just done. Like Liverpool... 50 minutes gone into the game, right? You've still got... How long have you got after that? You've still got 40 minutes to play football, right? And although it wasn't likely, we could have got gone and gotten three goals or something, made it five three or five one or five two. But no, that it sort of seemed like once once that goal went in, like five minutes into the second half, the game was just killed off. You just saw that there was a lack of Man United players doing anything. Even Liverpool had started sort of strolling around a bit. Like it's five 0 you could see the way the game was going, and that was that. Even when you've still got 40 minutes left of football to play. Um, it's uh, just, yeah. Um, but then we did sort of score. It was offside. Ronaldo scored. A, it was a pretty good goal, actually. A bit of an individual moment, but that's what our manager likes to do. Because um, a lot of people have asked, right? Okay, what's this manager's style of play? What what, what What's the game plan? I could tell you what the game plan is. It's play pass the ball sideways backwards in our own half until Lindelof plays a long ball or someone plays a long ball. Then best of luck with the long ball, whoever that's played to, and then just wait for a certain amount of passes to be strung together so that somebody who's world class or some one of our better players like a Rashford or a Pogba or a Bruno or Ronaldo 
can take the take the opportunity upon themselves to just score a goal. Because that wasn't any sort of team goal. That was Ronaldo just grasping an opportunity. Unfortunately, it was offside. Not that it would have made much difference. It would have been 5-1. It still would have been a humiliating defeat. That's what we do. That, that That's what Manchester United do. And it needs to stop or change. Um, and by that, I mean either Oli to stop doing this or to change the manager. So, yeah... Um, that brings me back to a comment I made before. Actually, this was a this was about six months to a year ago when I said this, and I said about him picking Lindelof Maguire over and over again. This was before we brought Varane, and I said it's got to get to a point where you either either the manager stops picking them or you change the manager. I think we know which answer we need to go for. Um, because like even if we had Varane instead of Lindelof today would it have made loads of difference or was it because the team was just coached so unbelievably badly um i i i don't know it's hard to tell obviously it's a hypothetical but that's hard it's hard to tell with with that so then pogba got sent off um loads of bookings actually i don't really mention the bookings but sure ronaldo fred bruno maguire all got booked oh and one basaka got booked pogba got sent off two-footed challenge on um what was his name? Was it Cater? It was one of their players got taken off on a stretcher. I think it was Cater. The uh, the one who scored the first goal. Yeah, dirty two-footed challenge. That's a red card. But at that point in the game, heads are just gone. Um, I don't know that you need to moan and shout at Pogba too much. Just because, yes, it's a dirty, nasty tackle. But it's it's a different situation. Like, it's 5-0 at that point. It's not as if it was sort of... Let's say you're drawing or you're winning by one goal, and you're kind of thinking, okay, keep it, keep it together, see out the game, maybe nick a win, nick a goal to get a, to get a win, right? Or if you won the lap, okay, keep your heads, keep Liverpool closed out. This wasn't anything like that at all, where it's sort of okay, you know, if you won the lap or you're drawing one-one, and you're in the what minute was it, sixty-first minute, and you're thinking, okay, just 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 keep doing what you're doing. Uh, if you're drawing, try and nick a goal. If you're winning, try and just keep Liverpool shut out. Then if you get a red card in that situation, then you think, okay, you've made a big mistake. That's a big game changer. That's not even a game changer. Five, five nil down, right? And the player gets sent off with 70, 80, with 30 minutes to go, right? It's not even going to make any difference, really. Um, I don't even particularly blame Pogba. And you saw even from his face, he was just like... Well, doesn't really make any difference, does it? It, it's, it? it is sort of like a throwing in the towel kind of attitude. And that's not something I want to be a continuous theme. But I think this is just a different situation to that. I really do. Um, I don't think it makes any difference. Whether we had no red cards or four by the end of the game, it would have made no difference really. Uh, to, to the scoreline or to the performance. So, yeah. Um... Then uh, some actual, some actual decently timed substitutes, right? Sixty-second minute for Cavani and Diallo. What is wrong with this manager? <laughs> You're losing five 0 right? And now you suddenly decide, oh, let's quick, let's make subs before it's like the 80th minute. Which is what you or like the seventy fifth minute or the eightieth minute? Why don't you do this when you're in control of the game, like you have been in the past? But there's been uh, there's been so many opportunities in the past 
where it's like we're just about winning or we're drawing and it gets to that critical 60th sort of minute and you think okay now is when you need to sort of do something and he usually leaves it another 10-15 minutes right to like the 75th or 80th you know about 15-20 minutes after that I don't I just don't understand him uh like why is that instinct popping into his head then it's good that that instinct is 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 there, but you're using it at kind of the wrong time. Like it's, it, you're not gonna get back into this game at that point. The game was gone, and I know there was still half an hour left of the game, but you've got to look at this game and think, yeah, just I I what why couldn't he have done things like that? Or like making substitutions just like at halftime. Pogba comes on for Greenwood at halftime, right? We start the second half with Pogba instead of Greenwood. He never does things like that. He never does things like that. And I, I remember tweeting. I think it was about 10-15 minutes before half time. And I was like you know you don't have to wait till the 80th minute to make a change. You can make change in the, in the first minute. Or anywhere between the first minute and the 90th minute. You can make a change. It doesn't have to be at half time. It doesn't have to be at the 60th minute. Um, but it's just yeah. I just I don't. uh Anyway, he he may as well have done those subs in the 80th minute. He he might as well have just done. So uh, then they brought Mane on, who almost looked like he was going to score actually, and they brought uh, Chamberlain on, and then Wan-Bissaka got uh, a yellow card. So that's pretty much your summary done. I don't think there's much more to say. Um, I just hope for everybody, for all Manchester United fans' sake, not just for mine and this podcast and everybody else's, but for everybody's sake. That there is some sort of change made by Saturday. Because I know this might sound ridiculous. But you've got to use your Ollie brain for a second right. If Ollie is the manager by Saturday. He will start McTominay and Fred. And he will start Lindelof and Maguire. He is going to do it. If Varane is back. He won't start Lindelof. He'll start Maguire and Varane. But I think Varane's out for another two weeks. He is absolutely going to do it. He will. And do we want to see that again on Saturday? Because I certainly don't. Because I think it's I think it's been pretty proven over the last two years or so that either the, not neither of those combinations work. And especially when you go into a game with both of them, it's particularly deadly, isn't it? Not well, de- deadly for Man United, not for the opposition, because they have a fairly easy time with that combination. As Liverpool proved today. Um, uh, yeah. So you, it's got. it. What one, one, one of the two things has got to give. Ollie's got to change his ways. Which I don't think is going to happen. Because it's been so long that we've wanted him to change his ways. That it's just like. Okay you're not going, you're not going to change it now are you? Like you're not. Uh, we've been asking and asking and asking for months. Or even over a year. Or almost two years. Some people have said like three years for some reason. But he hasn't actually been here for three years yet. He's been here for two years. I know he kind of came in in that interim period. But like it's been two and a bit seasons basically. It's not been three years yet. Um, but I guess this is, this is his third season isn't it. So whatever. Or you bring in a new manager. And new coaching staff. The coaching staff thing is very important. That's why I keep mentioning both of them. And not just the manager. It isn't just a situation where you need a manager to come in and make different team changes. You need a different coaching staff that's going to coach this team differently. Because it clearly isn't working right now with either of those ideas. Um, Yeah. 
So it's time for change. It it, uh, it definitely is. Let me just quickly look because we've dropped down the league table today. There's two more things I'm going to check, which is the league table. Then I'm going to have a quick look on Twitter and see if there's any uh, news on any updates of anything. Um, all right, hang on a sec. So I'm just going to read out the top. Uh, I'm just going to read out some of the league tables. So Chelsea top 22 points, 9 games. Everybody pretty much has played 9 games. Liverpool 21 points now. That's thanks to us. So they're 1 point behind Chelsea. They've scored 27 goals now. Man City 3rd uh, on 20 points. So that's that's your title race there. L- uh, Liverpool City, Chelsea. Then West Ham at 4th in 17 points. Brighton at 5th, 15 points. Uh, Tottenham 6th. Did they lose today? I thought, I thought they lost. Yeah, they lost to West Ham, I think. 1-0. Uh, Tottenham... Uh, sorry, 6th on 15 points. Then Manchester United, 7th on 14 points. Everton, 8th on 14 points. Leicester, 9th on 14 points. Arsenal, 10th on 14 points. And then Wolves, 11th on 13 points. So we're on 14 points, right? So then the teams below us, Everton, Leicester, Arsenal... So that's three teams have all got 14. So if they get any amount of wins or draws, that will start dropping us down even quicker. Then you even look at teams like Brentford Wolves. If they get some wins or, or something, they could start getting quite near us. Uh, I'm not going to read out sort of the rest. Then you get to like the teams that are on 10 points and 2 points and that sort of thing. So i tell you one thing that I've personally found quite annoying, right? I was taking the mick out of Arsenal fans the first three games of this season because they hadn't even scored a goal in the league, which is that, that's something that you can, like, have a laugh at, right? Of, like, oh, my God, you've not even scored. You, you've lost three games, but you've not even scored a Premier League goal. Arsenal are on the same points as us now. We were second or third when that was happening because we, like, what was it? We beat Leeds... We beat Newcastle, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember all the first three games, but I think those were some of the first games. Was Leeds, yeah, because we opened against Leeds. Then Newcastle that we beat 4-1. And then... I can't remember what the third game was of the season. But um, we're now on the same points as them. And... We've actually let in more goals than Arsenal. Uh, so just in terms of goals scored and let in, I'm not going to read out everybody's. We've scored, right, so this is uh, our record. Nine uh, games we've played, 16 goals scored, 15 goals let in. And then you've got 14 points. Uh, just seeing if I can get up wins and... Uh, no, it's not telling me. Like wins, draws and defeats, but yeah. So yeah, not only are we on the same points as Arsenal, but we've actually let in more goals now. So there you go. There you go. Uh let me just very quickly have a look on Twitter. I'll I, I follow a lot of football people on Twitter, so um let's just have a bit of a look. Video of uh, Solskjaer signing autographs for the fans. I'm going to say something about Oli in a minute as well. Uh, I can't see anything. I think it will probably be all over Twitter. If he got sacked. I'm not seeing anything particularly. 
no, not yet. If now, if if he if there is a if there is a change between now and Saturday, like so during the week, I will do a podcast. If there is a because obviously we, we don't have a uh, midweek game, so I'll have a bit more time anyway. Um, so yeah, if he, if he does get sacked, or if there's some sort of change between now and Saturday, I'll I'll do like a bonus sort of episode talking about that. If he gets sacked on Saturday, I'll probably include that as part of the podcast with that on Saturday instead of me doing two episodes on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll probably do that. So uh, the other thing I was going to mention about Ollie as well. Look, I think he's been. I think he's done a particularly bad job this season and last season as the manager. Right, he did a good job in terms of rebuilding the team, getting in some very good players. Whether you like all of them or not, it's it's up to you. But in general, he's done a very good job with the transfers. Didn't get all of his transfer targets, but that's more up to the up to the Glazers. It's time for him to go now because he can't seem to do much or anything really with the team that we've got. And I've given out dozens of reasons. I've talked about it loads of times as to why the manager needs to go. Now to give Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a man a bit of respect, because you've got to you've got to separate the person's ability at their job and the person themselves. I'm sure Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a very nice person, you know, and um, just because he's not very good currently at his job, it doesn't mean he's a bad person. It doesn't mean he's an idiot or anything like that. I know people like to throw names at him, like call him a clown or an idiot, and I'll say things like you know he's made some stupid decisions, but I don't recall ever calling Ole Gunnar Solskjaer any particular type of name. I, I, I don't think I've done that before. If I have, just correct me and I'll uh, uh, check check that out or whatever. Um, and, you know, if, if I got... Uh, let, let's say from Ole's PR company or Man United's PR, if I got an email tomorrow, right, that said, hey, Ole wants to, like, have a chat with you, not necessarily a podcast, but wants to, like, have lunch with you or have drinks with you, I'd do it. I'd be polite as possible towards him. I'd probably ask him some questions, maybe. But I'd be civil. You know, I'd be a nice person towards him. I wouldn't, like, attack him. I wouldn't swear at him. I wouldn't be abusive towards him. I wouldn't yell at him. I wouldn't do anything like that. I was brought up to be a nice, polite, young person. Um, And I would hold those standards with him. Um, I wouldn't try to, like, do, do anything bad him you know whether it was like if i had him on the united cast or something i'd I'd probably ask him some questions about his choices and stuff but i i'd never like abuse him in any sort of way shape or form he's not done anything to me not done anything personally wrong to me or to any of you as as far as i know um and I, i would treat him as a nice decent human being because that's what i that's what i would expect him to do for me and that's what i would be expected to do to do towards him the other part I wanted to mention as well, um, in terms of the, because obviously he was a player for Manchester United, of course, I will never, ever, ever take away what he did for Manchester United as a player. I will never, ever do that. The goal that he scored in 1999 is the most important, successful, of course, memory. of Obviously, there's the, the more disastrous events like the uh, Busby Babes and everything, the, the Munich Air disaster. But in terms of the happy, successful, important, big moments for Manchester United... Ollie is holding the the number one spot with that. He scored a very, very important goal in 1999. And you've got to separate the player from the manager, is what I'm saying. You've got to separate the person, the player, and the manager. Those are three different parts of him as a human being. Um, And I would would never, ever, I will never, ever take that goal away from him. That was an important goal. It was a fantastic goal. 
Um, and it gave us the treble, you know. Um, and it's 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 a part of Manchester United's history, a really important, big, the most successful part of Manchester United's history. So I will never ever try to take that away from him. Uh, I will sit here and judge him as a manager because he's currently doing what I don't think is a good job. Um, but just I'm just you know as a person and as a player. Yeah, both as a person, I will treat him as a as a you know nice, decent human being, which I'm sure that he is. Um, if I met him or talked to him or anything like that, and as a player, um, I mean, he was a fantastic player, wasn't he? Really, so you you can't you can't take that away from him just because he's doing a poor job as a Manchester United manager, and we got absolutely stuffed today. Um, you got to separate those things. Some people have got a big problem with doing that like you know when some let they say separate the uh the actor from the character don't they like when certain characters do bad things on screen to people it's not that person's fault that's played them like if they've killed your favorite character because uh, that person in real life is probably a very nice person but some people do have they, they you know send death threats to actors and that sort of thing i'm imagining there's probably many united fans or they wouldn't i wouldn't even really call them fans i'm imagining there's some people that have sent ollie death threats probably for uh the way he's managed this team and I would never do anything like that. I would never do anything like that to anybody, really. So uh, I just, I just, I just wanted to mention all those things. I know we're all kind of down in the dumps, five nil, seventh in the league table, all that sort of thing. But uh, I just wanted to mention all those things, you know. So anyway, uh, that's it for the United cast for this this week, I suppose. Uh, I'll be back either during the week if something happens or on Saturday. Uh, or even if even if something breaks like Friday night or something, I'll probably just save it for Saturday's podcast. Um, so yeah, just uh, just kind of keep that in mind. I'm sure many of you have got any many thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, probably concerns as well. Uh, let me know what those are. Let me know um, if even and I'll, I'll say this as well, just in terms of audience. If you still like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as a manager, I've got no problem with that. I massively, massively, massively disagree with you, but we're all entitled to our opinion. I want to give everybody who listens to podcasts on this platform, I want to give them all the ability to give their voice and their opinion. There's no no reason for me to take that away from anybody. We can debate each other and we can disagree with, with each other, but um, I've not got the right to take away your opinion. And if you want to have opinion that's different to mine or the same to mine or similar to mine, you're more than welcome to express that. So uh, if you'd like to do that, uh, either on the manager or the player or the team or a- anything to do with Entertainment Talk, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, two quicker ways to message us, by the way. If you're looking on the post for this episode on the website, uh, if you scroll down just past the episode that you've clicked play on, right, uh, there's a big email box. It says to put your name, email and message in, uh, you can do that, and then you can just click the send button. That works. A lot of people you do use that. Actually, I've I've, I've noticed it, it. It comes up as a bit of a different format in my email, so uh, you can use that. Lots of people actually do. So uh, thanks to everybody who's used that recently. Um, also, you can either copy and paste the email name, or you can just click on it. It's up to you how you want to get in touch with us um, to let us know your uh, thoughts and feelings and everything. So. Yeah, do that as well. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalk UK, contact page, information in your show notes. So get involved, let me know what you think. <sighs> That's all that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast Entertainment Talk, you can, of course, do that. You can listen to more episodes that we've got. You can either find them on the website, EntertainmentTalk.org, or search for us on podcast platforms. Just search for Entertainment Talk, uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. 
uh, take a look at all of it or as much as you'd like to five years worth of podcast and over a thousand episodes so take a look at all that as well uh, for your TV and your film news, if you want to be updated about uh, TV and film news, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk. There's also Geektown Radio, which comes out on Tuesdays. Take a look out for all those things as well. Bex is streaming very regularly over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. She's doing lots of really good stuff with streaming at the moment. You can also find me sometimes on Twitch as well, eTalkUK, for my different video game streams. And if you miss any of those, you can find them archive later on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all either during the week or on Saturday. We'll see what happens. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.